Hello, my friends. Dennis Gebhardt here with Guru Nation, welcoming you to this episode of Guru in Your Ear. You know, today is a real exciting day for me because I have not only a uh, fellow professional that I have tons of respect for, but a what I consider a friend who has really traveled a similar pathway that I have in my career. His name is Chris Sulame, and Chris and I have uh, actually we've kind of worked for similar the same companies in a period of time, and um, and it's just been great. He has been a mentor to me on how to increase your personal development and how to obtain confidence, and today. He's going to be sharing some information, and he has a wealth of that, sharing some information uh, about trainer to trainer. So, Chris, welcome. How are you, my friend? Fantastic. Thank you for the kind words. And, and you know, I think it would – I'd be remiss to not say that I'm sure I was hearing your name long before you ever heard mine. And uh, you, you, were, you were making an impact in those places where I was just entering way before I got there. So – I appreciate you. I appreciate number one. I remembering. I was just thinking about it when you were ta- uh, doing your opening, our first time ever actually working together, speaking together, uh, and that was a great experience for me. And it's just been really cool to kind of watch your journey. And you know, not to say that that you pioneered stepping out of corporate education into independent education, because obviously people have been doing that. But I think the way you walked into independent education, you know, where you totally reinvented yourself and kind of carved your own pathway when you didn't see one there, I think is really cool. So you're, we're talking to an audience today that wouldn't have existed had you not had you not taken those steps. So I'm happy to be here with you. Yeah, well, those are kind words as well. And you're right. That was a learn as you go. (laughs) Such is life. Absolutely. So uh, look, today we're talking to uh, people that are either educators or they wanted to be educated. They want to be an educator. Um, It's amazing to me in the world of social media today that uh, uh, it's not like it was when we were first starting to do education where you had to tie yourself in with a company, they would train you, you would go out and facilitate their information. Today, people just go, poof, I'm now an educator. And um, I wanted to know from you, and I wanted you to share with our listeners today, what really, and I know you have a passion for education. um, Can you share your passion with us just a little bit? Why do you have that passion? What is your aspiration as an educator? That is a great question. Um, if I'm remembering back to, you know, I think you're, you either want to teach people or you don't. And I think that there are many, many, many amazing professionals in every industry that are at the top of their game that you're never going to hear of as a teacher that are equally as good as the best teachers in the world. Um, Some people seem to be wired in a way where we get as much joy passing on our knowledge and seeing somebody else survive and thrive using that knowledge than we do actually performing the craft. At some point, you know, performing the craft was the goal. 
and then you mastered a thing that was hard for you to master and then you got good at it. And for a while that drove you, but you start to look around and you see other people that haven't mastered that thing yet. And you pass on a little nugget and then you see them light up. And, you know, when you do that enough times in a row and then you start to grow a small audience, perhaps we'll use that term, but that's not, you know, I don't mean it as audience. Um, And you start to see that the knowledge that you were going to pass on is actually changing people's lives. Then if you're that type of person that that lights up inside, you just want to do more of it. So um, I was a high school wrestler. Uh, I was, I followed in my brother's footsteps and I got pretty good, but I got really good at cheering on my teammates, you know? Um, And because of that, I was a co-captain of my team in 12th grade. And and because of that, you know, I mean, um, my, my wrestling high school career flourished, but it, if I remember back to my greatest memories, it was when our team would have a win and, you know, we could all celebrate that together. And so I think, um, that's always stuck with me. I always wanted to show somebody a skill almost immediately after I learned it can be a little annoying if you're my sisters. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I think it's uh, very valid what you're saying and you're right. Uh, there are those who are passionate about that and they love the fact of watching someone gain confidence. I mean, yeah. that is like the most rewarding thing you can watch is to see someone grow. Um, that is very well put. Yeah. My mentor used to always say, he say, I can't wait to see what better looks like on you. And so, <laughs> so I always struggled to always be better so that he could see what that looked like. That's so, awesome. Great, great information. All right. Let me uh, go to my next question. Can I add one piece? Sure. If you are somebody that feels that calling to teach, then you should teach at every opportunity you get. So even if you're not skilled at it yet, don't allow that to keep you from, you know, taking those actions because uh, (laughs) practice makes progress. And, you know, if you have that in you and you want to, you want to deliver that information and you have something that's helpful to somebody, don't keep it in. Yeah. Well, which leads me to my next question. That's perfect segue. Uh, What challenges do you think as an educator that we face? I mean, someone says, okay, I do great here, or I'm skilled at this one behavior. Now I want to take it and I want to teach it. What kind of challenges are in front of them to get to that level to where they can teach it successfully? There are a lot of challenges that come with walking into, you know, the footsteps of an educator teacher. The first one is your internal voice. Um, Almost every educator that I know that I've talked with about this have all admitted to imposter syndrome in the beginning, admitted to, you know, you see your mentor, let's say on stage or nowadays on social media, perhaps. And when you're seeing them, if they've developed, they're at the top of their game. 
So you didn't get to see all of the silent times where they were super nervous before they created that post or super nervous before they walked on the stage. And when people ask me how long until I wasn't nervous, it was five years. Now I've, I've heard people say, you know, I still get super nervous before I go up. And if you're not nervous, you don't care. I don't buy into that because I'm not always nervous anymore before I work with a group. Um, right. And it's certainly not because I don't care. I, I just, I don't have the fearful experience anymore because I know they're not allowed to kill me. That's against the rules. So <laughs> even if they hate my information, they can't kill me. And so yeah. I'm not super scared of them. Um, and the other thing is I've learned that if I have a big amount of fear inside of me, it's because I'm super focused on myself and I'm not focused on, you know, who I'm sharing with. If I'm asking myself questions like, what is the most relevant lesson I can teach the learner on the other side? If I'm asking questions like, who are the people that are going to be in the room and what are, what are they going to need to know that I have to share? then I don't have to worry so much about number one, are they going to like me? Cause it, it doesn't matter. Cause I'm trying to find a relevant real time message for them that they can use tomorrow. Um, and number two, yeah, I'll spend more time planning in that case. And, you know, once you start to, once you start to deliver your message, if you're live with somebody, you're going to see them either gaining that experience and, and, enjoying it or maybe you were maybe you were flat that day which happens um and you're going to be able to take that back to the drawing board and go back and find out what works what didn't work but right. getting over that fear monster dude that's the biggest thing the second thing i would say is this i want to just add one more piece um you know i've worked with education teams and then i transferred over and became a technical director at Kuhn Hair Cosmetics. And then I worked at Living Proof um, as a U.S. and Canada education manager there. And I worked with both pretty large education teams. Right. And in that position, you get to be the decider of who does and doesn't get to do things, you know, who doesn't, who does and doesn't get to teach yet. And that decision, if the person is well-intended as, as I feel like I was, um, the decision is never based on do I do or do I not like this person? It's, it's, is their message going to connect with the people that are there? And is there enough material behind it? Is there enough experience behind it? So I might say to a young educator who wants to have 300,000 followers now, like Jacob Kahn does or other, you know, other people, they might say, you know, I want to be on stage or I want to have 300,000 followers. And I, and I say back to them, like, what would you tell them? You see, when I look at somebody like, you know, I, I use Jacob as an example because I, I got to watch his journey as an, as an outside acquaintance. You know, I've met him a few times. I've had the chance right. to interview him at different times during his process. And I happened to be in a room with him and a co small conversation with Shannon King and a couple of others the the day that he had crossed 20,000 followers on Instagram and he was lit up like a Christmas tree. He was super excited. And I could see that he had a passion to share information. Yes. But had he been where had he had the audience that he has now, 
back doing the content he was doing then, I don't believe he would have held that audience. Over time, he has developed his content, developed his message, developed his personal brand. So when the rain came, he had an umbrella. He was ready for the storm. And that's, you know, when I'm talking to a young educator, I go, I want you to, over the next year, get really clear about what your message is and and what field you want to play on. And I'll use myself as an example here just because I've been really putting a lot of attention and effort in this place. I stopped teaching for a little period of time there um, because I really didn't know what I wanted to talk about. I What I was teaching was no longer my sweet spot. There were plenty of other teach, people teaching hair. I didn't want to teach anymore. Heck, I'm never going to be the color guru that you are, right? So, but but I but I did have experience around having a plateau, having a failure, and realizing that I spent more time as a person than I did as a professional. And when I started to get more build more confidence around my own personal development, my profession started to come back. Like I got more invites to speak at things. People wanted to ask me questions, all this. And I re- I know exactly what it was looking back. I couldn't have told you at the time, but I know what it was now. It's I got super clear about my message right. and, and where I want to spend that time. So if you as an educator can get super clear about what you're doing, you know, and again, Dennis, you're a great example of this. The color, color, is it Guru Nation? Color Guru Nation? Nation? Yeah, Guru yes. Nation. Yes, right? But like the fact that you're a hair color expert slash chemist, chemist, you know, slash years of experience behind the chair puts you right in a place to, to, and you're passionate about it, to teach that message. Well, once once you're passionate about a thing, you have expertise and experience around it, then people will listen to you. Now what you do is you put that message in order. You start to, here's a, something simple you can do. Identify the topic you want to teach on and then make a list of all of the little subtopics that live in there and prioritize those as which are the most important, right? Maybe put them in levels of importance on a, you know, in numerical order. Right. And then start to teach those things and then see how it feels coming out. Yeah. You know what? I think that's great advice, Chris. And it it goes back to some of the things I think we've learned before. When we learn new information and we're not comfortable with it, we've not grown in confidence it doesn't right. it's not part of us and we go out and we try to teach or facilitate that information we all stumble i yeah. can remember back in the redkin days when yeah. we first learned about outcome you know back yeah. all of those things yeah. and how we stumbled through that because it yeah. wasn't ours we didn't have ownership of it that's right and and i think that's personal grounding is really what your message is and it's so important because if you're not grounded in yourself mm-hmm. how are you possibly going to take and share information with others 
that's why like you were talking about um the audience and i i didn't i'm sure you've heard educator after educator say when they have a bad day and they go well it was a bad audience and i go mm -hmm. oh, it's not a bad audience mm -hmm. it was you you had a bad um, day it's on you Mm -hmm. You have to make sure you're in place. So that is really, really great advice. And I, think I can I give you a, a super fast story on that? Yes. So, you know, just because I think as a newer educator, I could look at somebody that was a mentor of mine and think that they've never had the experience that you just talked about. Right. So I had back to back days where I had my the largest audience I ever had a chance to talk to. It was 3,500. I was in uh, Berlin. I was speaking for Redkin at the time. And it was translated, I want to say, into 25 different languages. So people were wearing you know, right. headsets and, and listening in different languages. Um, I practiced for months before that. I knew every line. I knew how it was going to come out. And I nailed it. Yeah, I absolutely nailed it. No doubt about it. Came walked off stage, you know. Um, Sherry Doss was there, Chris Barron was there. They, you know, every like great job, Chris. Right? The next day, they had a small group of salon owners that I was going to meet with, and I wasn't because I was so nervous about the big event and I put so much attention on it. The, the smaller event, I didn't plan as well for. I, I had a plan, I didn't plan as well. I was a little fearful. And when I got in front of the audience, I got fearful and I threw my plan out the window that I, that actually would have worked. Yes. And I sort of went to where my comfort spot was. And I would say it was a, a B minus day. So I went from an A plus day with 3,500 people oh. to a B minus day with 40 people. And which one do you think I thought about for years after? The 40 people, yeah. The B minus day, right? For years after, it made me nauseous to think about. Yes. Oh, my and God. And I say that to say, like, no matter how good you ever get, you're, you're going to have goods and bad days. And that's just a part of the deal. Right, right. Absolutely. And you have to go into it knowing that. And you just have to, like, leave it all out there as best you can. So, Chris, yeah. in our company, we teach something called Teach for Transfer because yeah. we believe that if the learn if the information doesn't transfer to the learner, then it was wasted time. So I want to ask you, how do you plan or set up your information to ensure that it transfers to the learner? That's a great question. And I I love your um, language there, teach for transfer. Um, I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind as I'm, as I'm working through things now from here on out, because that's exactly what you're trying to do. It's, it's pretty common knowledge nowadays with the science on adult learning being slightly different than, than childhood learning. Um, and maybe they're more common than we think, who knows, but, um, see it, hear it, do it, review it. Right. So, Whenever I'm walking into a planning, planning a segment, which I'm always doing, I'm thinking about, okay, what's, what's my visual or what can I have that 
captures their visual attention, visual attention. Now it might just be me. I might be the see it part of that equation because I might be in a situation where there's not a PowerPoint or there's not really, you know, a situation where I, where I have control of all of the aspects of what's going to be in the room. There are those types of events. There are other events where you have full control over that. So if I'm designing a PowerPoint, I want there to be a simple graphic that relates to what I'm talking about, that doesn't have a lot of words, sometimes no words, that if a person takes a mental vacation while I'm talking, they can remember the subject just by looking up at whatever's on the PowerPoint screen. Now, again, it might be me. I might be the visual. And here's an example of that. I walk into a room full of C level professionals that would be like CEOs or CFOs um, in a C-suite level of professionals. When I walk in, I need to be dressed a little closer to the part. I don't need to be in a suit, right? But I, I need to look like I can blend in with them right? so they don't discredit me as soon as I come out. Now, I've I've developed my own personal branding at 50 years old. I feel like, well, 49, soon to be 50. I feel like I, you know, I've earned the right. And, and so, you know, um, whatever is classy for me, that's how I show up for that, for that room. If I'm with a group of Gen Z's or millennials, I'm not, you know, I would look foolish if I tried to blend totally with that crap. Right. But I at least relate to them visually, right? So yeah. I might not wear my bet, you know, or or if this is an edgier group, I might just go a little bit more in that direction. I never change who I don't want to change who you are for the audience, right? But but visually you want to you want to be able to relate to them. So so see it, hear it. The information that comes out of your mouth has to be good and it has to be concise. What I've learned from people like you um, through the years is I don't have to give every example to teach a message like one good crystal clear salon example with hair color right. can push me right to the point. So when I think about the way I'll design a message, I'll go, here's a story that relates to the message then here's the lesson so and then with the lesson a tool so see here do they have to be able to do something whether that's take notes or in in your case it's a demonstration then they go and do it's a see do and then review it so those are the four parts to designing to designing the type of lesson that you that you share with somebody that actually transfers to the memory. And the reason why is because right. we know, again, that adult learners don't capture everything they hear. They don't capture everything they see. They don't capture everything they do. But if you put those things together, they tend to walk away with more. Right. And there's right. a lot. You could just Google adult learning and find, you know, almost everything I just said verbatim. It's not, I didn't make that up. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot out there in research that they can do to help them. 
and with their information. But that was good, good advice, Chris. Well, yeah, look, I'll give you one other quick oh, one, please. one very fast thing. Sure. Almost every time that I'm working, like when I'm developing a new course, I'm working on two right now. Um, I'll go on to YouTube and I'll type in, let's say, for instance, I'm going to do trust building. I'm just making something up. I'll go on YouTube and I'll type in trust building activities for groups. And <laughs> there's always something really cool there that you can use. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Well, good. Good. No, that you know what? This has been really interesting. You've given some really great information. Um, let me just let's wrap it up with let me ask you if you were to give if there's any kind of parting advice you want to give to our listeners today. And I really sincerely want to bring you back so we can spend more time together. So because uh, I think you have a lot of wonderful information. So what do you think that parting advice would be that you would give to our listeners today? <laughs> You just said a word that I play I play with all the time. I got a really good friend of mine, Giovanni Juntoli, and he always says we want to give them information. And I and I kiddingly joke because I get where he's going with it. And I say, "No, no, no, we don't. We want to give them transformation." Ooh. Remember that when when you're walking into a group, no matter how much you know, no matter how much you've done, if you leave that day and they didn't change in some way, then you miss the mark. So I always think information, no. Transformation, yes. What can I do in this time together that is going to change somebody that's interested in the room? Not everybody's going to change. Not everybody's interested in what you have to say. Right. Um even even if they bought a ticket, they're not always interested. They just, you know, they were they're feeling some lack. So how much were you able to change the people sitting in front of you? If you go in with that intention, you're gonna do fine over time. I think that's great advice, Chris. Now, Chris, uh, can you give us your IG address? Where can they find you on Instagram? Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm at Chris Solome. That's C-H-R-I-S-S-U-L-I-M-A-Y. Um, you'll probably see if you scroll down at all, you know, I've had a major shift in my, my content because I'm one of the reasons I love teachers so much is because they're interested in other people. And my interest, you know, right now, again, like maybe I'm in my second birth of a professional life, um, is really about helping people gain confidence. So if I don't look like a hairdresser, don't worry about it. I have plenty of experience there. You could Google that. Um, but but what I'm really interested in is helping people develop those foundational, you know, core confidence skills. So you can take your, you can personally develop and that will impact your professional life. Uh, that's wonderful. Well, great. Well, look, I invite you, our listeners, to follow Chris on Instagram. Like I said, he is a amazing resource for uh, good information for you, uh, not just specifically about hair color or training, but uh, he has lots of great content online. And we invite you to visit our website, www.gurunation.net. 
uh, you can uh, take a look at us at our educational portfolio, see the educational programs that we offer. It's real easy for you to get to our website right here on Instagram, right on Instagram. You can Google and you go to my bio and click the link tree link. It will take you directly to our educational page or wherever you see any of our promotional ads. All you have to do is take a picture of the QR code. It will take you immediately to our educational page. So it's easy, easy, easy for you to find us. And we invite you to uh, watch us on Wednesday nights. We have a live broadcast at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, stay with us. You can find me at Real Captain Color on, uh, on Instagram. And we want to thank you all for uh, being here today and listening with us. Chris, thank you so much for being part of our program today. Dennis, my pleasure. And to all our listeners, from my heart to yours, I am Captain Color. I am out. Thank you all so much. Happy coloring. We will see you soon. The preceding broadcast was a production of Guru Nation, a brand neutral educational resource for salon professionals worldwide.